This podcast was brought to you by the Tampa Bay Podcast Network. I got so excited about Patreon that I decided to create an account for you guys. If you're interested to help us, we are putting together a new podcast network called the Tampa Bay Podcast Network, and it's going to help local businesses and get their messages out to the world. And so it's my mission to help at least 50 different companies here in Tampa or outside of Tampa. You don't have to be in Tampa to be in the network. Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash podcast network. And we will be providing special items just for you that we won't be publishing anywhere else. This is going to be strictly for you guys, but it's actually so that we can get you the best content out there. We all want great information that's going to help us live better lives. Do you agree? I know I'm always looking for it. And so that's why I thought this network would be a lot of fun. So again, just go to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash podcast network. Hi there, welcome back to another episode of The Little Drummer Girl. I'm your host, Dawn Marie Mutel, and today Tara Davina is here with us, and she's going to show us how you can use the art of developing a creative business so that you can use your creativity and make money as a creative. Tara Davina is a heart-healing medicine musician who creates songs to bring our deepest prayers into reality. She draws on her experience as a former vice president at the Warner Music Group to offer business coaching for conscious musicians and visionary artists so that they can build an organic fan base using self-expression and generate a sustainable income using all of their gifts. She is also tapped into karmic patterns, purpose, and destiny through the lens of Vedic astrology, which I definitely want to learn more about, and I hope you do as well. So let's get Tara to join us now. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. You know, I listened to some of your songs and I felt like I was floating on a cloud that I was transported immediately to my Zen zone because I was so stressed out. And when I was listening to it, I felt like I was in the mountains of Ireland. It was wonderful. Okay. I want to ask about your story because I know you had a very interesting background where I'd love for you to share it. I don't want to give anything away. So can you tell us a little bit how you got into this business of music and how you got into beautiful music that you do? Absolutely. So When it came time to decide what career to pursue after university, I all I knew was that I loved music. And so I decided to pursue a career in the music business, thinking that it would somehow allow me to become a professional musician down the line. And what happened was I actually had quite a successful career in the business. I wound up spending 10 years in New York and Los Angeles. Um, I wound up as vice president at the Warner Music Group, like everything did work out in that way. But I didn't wind up particularly connected to the music, as is often the case when we go to the business side of something instead of the artistic side of something. I was actually really knee deep in business development and doing deals with companies like Apple and Google and whatnot to try to figure out how to sell music online. So it was a super interesting time because we were we were making the transition from analog like CDs and records and mm-hmm. to digital downloads. And the rest is obviously history on how that all went. But after 10 years, I just thought to myself, gosh, I'm feeling really deeply unfulfilled. Um, I'm not really doing anything that is um, my own self-expression, you know? And so 
actually just walked out of my career with no plan and not really that much of a safety net either. And just trusted that things would work out in a good way. That's amazing because I, I, that's my biggest fear. I was like, okay, I need a safety net. Like, I don't want to just take the jump and be like, okay, because I have been without a job just recently. You know, I do a lot of contract work and being out of job for 15 months because of COVID and, and having that feeling, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's very scary. And I know a lot of musicians and artists are in that position where you just don't know where the next gig's coming from. So I understand that you created an album that you actually crowdfunded and made a a nice amount from it. Can you tell us how you did that? Yeah, absolutely. So during my quest to find my life purpose after I quit my career, I ran across a lot of different things that grabbed my attention. And the ones that grabbed my attention the most um, included some shamanic meditation work um, that was supported by live music. And as I was a participant in this work and this healing work, I began to get a curiosity of what it would be like to start to sing in these circles and sing in these venues. And so I remember the first time I shyly opened my mouth to sing at the end of one of the evenings we spent together. And it felt so amazing to return to the music. It had been 10 years since I'd really even picked up my guitar. And then I was motivated to learn a song for the next one and so on until I found myself um, co-facilitating these events and actually being one of the main musicians, you know? And so that was really exciting. And I began to write music and the songs were touching people's hearts. They were having a really profound experience with them at the events. And it took me about five years, but one day I woke up and thought, it's time, it's time to record an album. And I just, you know, I just kind of woke up, decided to do it, put together a crowdfunding campaign and had sold it out in 12 days because there was some demand at that point, just from a small group of people, you know, it's not like I had a huge fan base, but it doesn't take that many people to crowdfund for um, an album that's under $10,000. And so I was really excited and it um, gave me a lot of courage to know that I was supported. And then I went and created the album. It only took four months to record it and produce it and put it out there. And I was so happy with the results. And people have been reporting to me that they've had life-saving experiences with the music, like that a song actually came to save their lives at a moment where they were feeling at a crossroads or had a miscarriage or divorce or a breakup or a death, you know, that those songs were able to support them in that way, which is exactly what I always wanted and really beyond any dreams I ever had ever had around being a musician. Um, I never knew that that was possible. That is amazing. I could only imagine. I mean, I always feel that, you know, if you could just touch that one person with your artwork, that it's part of like your, your kismet that what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, you mentioned something about how some of us sometimes can, you know, have that shiny object syndrome where going after the wrong things. Can you talk to us a little bit about that a little bit deeper? Yeah, I think going after our true soul work is so scary. And it brings up all of our fears, our fears of rejection, our trauma, our nervous system, our attachment system, everything comes up to scream at us, you know, danger, danger, don't go this way, anything but this. And when we're not putting on our soul's work, it can feel easier. You know, it can feel simpler, like there's less at risk. For example, people often say, 
they have an easier time selling or promoting someone else's things or someone else's work because it doesn't feel like a life or death experience to the ego, to the identity. So I think we can get caught in chasing after things that are almost the thing, but not quite, you know, like something that's part of the way there, kind of like me in the music business, you know, hey, getting a job in the music business out of um, thin air is not an easy thing, but I did it. I climbed the corporate ladder and I had a lot of success. And on the outside, I had the life, you know, the the abundance, the salary, the connections, the lifestyle, the rock and roll lifestyle, the apartment, the people, the friends, all of it. And yet my heart was empty. And I think that's the question that we all get to ask ourselves, is my heart full? Do I wake up in the morning feeling excited and go to bed at night feeling fulfilled? And if we can't say yes, and we can't say yes for a long period of time, we're probably chasing after the wrong things. And we're probably afraid, you know, and rightly so. It's very scary to put ourselves out there. It's so true. Like, I wonder how many people, the fear of, like you say, rejection or the fear of being laughed at or being mocked or whatever it is that can just stop you from, from really doing the thing that you're meant to do in the world. And, uh, you know, I know like when I was a kid, I remember my brother saying, you know, my singing was terrible and blah, blah, blah. And I really felt afraid to sing in front of anybody else because I'm thinking, well, he's my older brother. He knows best, right? Little did I know he was probably just messing with me, but it scarred me. And so it's like, it stopped me from singing. And I think that's why I got to drums. (laughs) I became a drummer because I felt like, well, I'm not a singer. I do love music and I love, you know, rhythm and all that stuff. I always say, you know, do it afraid. And even if you just do it as a hobby, you start out, you just take one step at a time, one step at a time. Right. And then next thing you know, even if it's just a few years down the line, you can be really like going a long distance if they're working on it every day, just a little bit a day. Do you have any tips to get people to get their creativity to get sparked up? Because sometimes, you know, we stall out in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a few specific things that I generally guide people to look at or ask themselves when they are first seeking out some inspiration. You know, for example, you may not even know what medium you want to work with. Like maybe you don't know if you're a singer or a writer or a painter or a dancer, or any of that. And to that, I say you can apply this to any medium. And I would just say pick them all, choose them all, try everything. Because we, we can't know until we try. So the first thing is I look at where I am focusing on in my life, what my personal prayer is for my life at that time. So it could be like, you know, maybe I am really thinking about my love life. Maybe I'm praying for a partner. You know, if I was praying for a partner, there's definitely been times in my life where that's been the case. And so there might be a lot of creativity there in terms of my yearning and my longing and my desire. And it's going to be a very vulnerable place to create from, but it's where my attention is already. And so it just makes sense. It's like our creativity and our inspiration want to go where we are. And a lot of times we're like, well, let me just go somewhere else, you know, besides this place of yearning and desire. But that's where a lot of the energy is locked up. And really what's alive for us right now is the thing that wants to be created and wants to come through, not some other thing that we think we're supposed to be thinking about or supposed to be focused on. So that's number one. Number two is inside of that prayer or that desire, what is the guidance coming through around the pieces where we're suffering? So let's say I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, how am I ever going to find a partner, the love of my life? 
Uh, what do I need to do? How do I navigate this time of loneliness or whatever it is? And I might tune in and start to channel some wisdom, which could be, again, in the form of words or in the form of music or in the form of dance um, from my guides, from my high self, from whatever, you know, whatever it is that uh, I believe in. There's going to be some wisdom that wants to come through. And for me personally, this is actually where most of my songs come from. I'll be sitting there in distress, honestly, about something. And this is the message to alleviate the distress. And it just so happens that humans are all stressing and distressed about the exact same things. Like we think we're so unique and so special. And it's not true. We all have the same prayers, the same suffering. We're all the same. And there's just a few themes, a few variations on a theme. And so it just so happens that the guidance that comes through for me is generally applicable and resonates with most people, which is, I think, how we wind up creating a resonant piece of art, a resonant expression. So those are two things. Another piece I would just say is what's the thing we're afraid to express, the most afraid to say, like the scariest thing we could possibly say, the thing we would never say, the, the darkest corner of our minds is the thing that people want to hear the most. You know, like it's gonna be the most popular thing we ever put out there the deeper we're willing to reach like into the scariest corner of our consciousness the thing that we are the least willing to share is going to be the thing that is the most well received and the most resonant and so for myself my viral posts my you know the writing that I've put out there that's gone viral the music that's been most popular has always been the stuff that I've been afraid to say um, so what we're not saying is a big deal. And then the fourth place that I recommend going for some inspiration is to judgment and comparison. So mm -hmm. for example, if you've ever been scrolling your news feed or your social media feed mm -hmm. and you see things that make you cringe, judge, compare, you know, you hear that voice in your head that's like, ah, nah, 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 you know, <laughs> um, which PS we all have everybody's doing it to us and we're doing it to them. Nobody's immune to this. There's actually gold there. If we ask the judgment, some questions like, okay, what are we judging? What's the problem? And then my favorite question is, what would I have the person do instead? If I was God and I got to decide what they should be doing, what would I tell them to do? And then why? Why do I think that's the case? And underneath that, we start to get at some of our core values and our pieces that are important to us. So, you know, for example, for me, one of the things that can make me cringe is if I, let's say I know somebody or I know some things about them. And then I see them posting on social media, something that's not the truth. You know, they're, they're sharing about their lives in a way that's not true. It triggers me. And so why is that? Why do I care? Who cares? Right? Well, it's because I have a deep value of authenticity and being ourselves and being myself. It's important to me. It actually has nothing to do with that person. And then that could spawn, or for me, it spawned a um, song or several songs, but really about that. It's about having the courage to shine my full self all the way through. So comparison and judgment can be transmuted into some really powerful sources of inspiration. So those are my favorite four places to look um, and to start looking. And I definitely encourage anyone to, or encourage you to try playing around with them. I like that a lot. It's almost like, you know, the truth will set you free. And, and like you say, you know, we, we bury a lot of things sometimes as people, because we are an emotional human being. And so we have all these different feelings and emotions, but I like the way you say you turn it into something, 
by using it to your advantage. I love that. That's really great. Is there a way that we can like communicate a little bit more in tune, like from the heart, so to say? Yeah, like how to get to the essence of what's really true for us in general. I think it starts with knowing what it feels like when we're in our truth and what it feels like when we're not in our truth. This is something that I often start with my clients and when I'm teaching people, what does it feel like when you were a yes to something? And what does it feel like when you're a no to something? And it's actually amazing. Most people aren't sure, you know, and especially when it comes to big things, when there's a lot of emotions involved, it'd be very difficult to discern what the heart is saying and what the mind is saying. So one distinction I have is that the mind is complicated. And the heart is simple. The mind is going to have a lot to say about something. Details, complexity. um, It's harder to understand. It's, you know, it's confusing. The heart is just kind of binary. It's like, yay or nay. Is this good or bad? Yes or no? Let's, you know, in or out. And um, I like to say the mind has questions and the heart has answers. (laughs) You know, the mind's always like, well, what about this? And And the heart's like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, no. So One of the ways that we can begin to discern our yes and no is by trying it out on things that are uncomplicated. So something I find is uncomplicated for most people, maybe not everyone, but most people is food. So I might say, imagine a food that if I offered it to you right now, you would want it for sure. So I'm curious, is there any food I could offer you right now that you would want? Oh, I love a slice of pizza. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have in my hands the most delicious, perfectly hot, epic slice of pizza. Would you like it? Oh yes, please. Great. Okay. So clear, right? Yes, please. And so I would just say, where in your body do you feel that? Yes, please. I feel it here in my heart. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does it feel like? Is it warm? Is it cold? Expansive? Does it contract? It just makes me feel like a slice of coziness, you know, you know, pizza from New York. It's just like one of those staples. Great. Does it feel like you're moving towards something? Is there any sense of like pizza? Like if I'm holding it up in front of you, is there like any opening or movement towards the pizza or do you have a different experience? No, I could definitely see me going toward it rather than being repelled by it. Great. Perfect. So then what is a food I could offer you right now that you know a hundred percent sure you don't want anchovies. Anchovies, oh my gosh, I love them. I would put them on the pizza. I like I get it. Pizza, Not everyone likes them. Else it's tough to do. Um, okay, so I've got a bowl of anchovies in my hand. Would you like it? No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, that's great. I, I love it because you kind of went. No, thank you. I saw the little contraction, and it, it kind of looked like you went up here a little bit. I'm curious where you felt it. That's true. You know, it's, it did feel something there because it's like a shudder, like to think of, oh, you know, they'll see those little uh-huh. fish sitting there, you know, it's just like. <laughs> okay, great. So, and it looked like I saw you contract. Did you feel that? I didn't really feel it. No. Okay. So. But you felt it right here. What did it feel like? It felt like kind of like stay away. I don't want to see them. They're just not, you know, pretty to me, yeah. appealing or appetizing to look at. You just, it just, it was a clear feeling of no thank you. Right. And so, if we practice this, you know, we can, so this is our yes and our no, like pizzas, yes, anchovies, no. And like, once you, you can keep those as bookmarks, right? And then it's like, do I want pizza for lunch or a salad? Do I want to go left or do I want to go right? Do I 
want this business or that business? Do I want to move into this house or that house, this city or that city? And as we get to the more complicated things, if we can simplify it back to, does it feel like pizza or anchovies? (laughs) Then we'll always know, we'll always know what our guiding light is. We'll be able to communicate about our heart and from our heart. We'll know our truth. And it's the, it's the gateway to fully knowing our truth and being able to connect with that inner wisdom. I love that. That's, that's the first time I'm hearing it that way. And then I'm going to have to remember that (laughs) next time I have some big decisions, but you know, it's amazing how time flies so fast. We are almost at the close here. And I I wanted to see if it's okay with you. I love to do a quick little 11 stroke roll rapid fire interview with you. Absolutely. Cool. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm an early bird now. A night owl once before? I was one day. It just flipped. I don't know what happened. Your favorite musical instrument? It's going to be guitar because that's what I play. But I would say there's a uh, an honorary mention of the handpan. I don't play it, but it's just so beautiful. It looks amazing. I'd like to try that myself. One thing you can't live without? Chocolate. Ooh. Your favorite beauty ritual? Bathing. I pretty much live in the bath. I'm essentially a mermaid. I love that. Just went to see some mermaids. If you come into the Tampa area, you got to go see the mermaids out in Wikiwachi. They have a spring there and they have a beautiful mermaid show. Sounds Um, amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. One item that you can't live without. An item. Um, My Siberian cat. Does it count? Beautiful. Yes. What's one of your biggest takeaways about being in the music business? Mm, That everybody's just making everything up as they go along. (laughs) including me (laughs) if you could do one thing besides being a musician what would it be probably more acting and more video very cool do you have a favorite saying or quote that you love to use keep keep you going when times get tough um you know what i just wrote this down it's like my new favorite quote give me one second just to bring it up okay it's by bill bryson and the quote is for all you know Your route could describe a very large, pointless circle. In a way, it would hardly matter. And I love this concept of the pointless circle because sometimes pointlessness is really beautiful. What's your favorite meal? Mm, Gosh, I have so many. Um, I would say right now it is a ground turkey bolognese on top of spaghetti squash. Sounds lovely. And last but not least, what is one of your biggest pet peeves? Biggest pet peeves is being stuck in a line. So you have patience like me, huh? (laughs) You know, one of the things I learned to do years ago, because waiting in lines is very, you know, I'm always like, come on, come on, come on. I got to go, got to go. So what I started to do was I read it in a book. I take out my little notepad and I start writing notes of what I want to do. And next thing I know, like, oh, wow, I'm halfway through the line, you know, so it it keeps it going. Plus you're getting something accomplished while you're waiting online because I hate to waste time. So I always say, use it wisely. You know, think of song lyrics, think of the list of things you want end of life, write your goals, whatever you got to do, write a letter to a friend. Next thing you know, you'll be at your destination. Great way to channel that energy. I love that. Thank you. I forgot to ask you, what exactly is a Vedic astrology? Great question. So my very first purpose discovery after I quit the music business was Vedic astrology. And I had never had any interest in astrology before, but I had a reading with a Vedic astrologer that blew my mind. It's an ancient Indian form of divination. So it's predictive as well as helps us 
understand ourselves better by shedding light on the blind spots that we have so that we can navigate our destiny with more grace and ease. Yeah, is that through like tarot card or something? Yeah, it uses our birth chart, which is a map of where all the planets were against the backdrop of the constellations at the moment we took our first breath and when we were the most impressionable and when we were imprinted upon by the energies in the universe. Oh, that's awesome. So how long have you been studying that? I began studying that just over 10 years ago. I love when you get a good reading. I've had some people out in New Orleans one time, and it's just amazing when somebody hits on something. And it was about the music business too, which was kind of funny because at the time I wasn't in the business and he's like, you're going to be in the music business doing this stuff, but it's music that you don't like. And, and I'm thinking, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> you know, I mean, I knew I played music, but I didn't think I'd be in the business, like in the office business type of, you know, business. And so, yeah, sure enough, I was dealing with rap and all that stuff. And I'm not really a rapper by any means, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, when somebody hits on something, it's pretty amazing. And I always say, you know, if you definitely, you know, keep it written down somewhere, because I love going back to say, hey, look, they said that back in, you know, whatever year. Do you do readings for people? I still do readings. Nice. Absolutely. And if you're interested in that, you can find out more at visionaryreadings.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Tara, yeah. thank you so much. We are about to wrap up here. How can we stay in touch with you, uh, your social media handles, all that great stuff? Thank you. Um, I can be found at taradavina.com and my social media handles are all the same, Tara Davina. So just T-A-R-A. D-I-V-I-N-A. I can be found on Spotify if you want to listen to the music. I will have a new single out soon. I'm so very excited to share it. And so you can find that again on Spotify or my website, Instagram, Facebook. These are the places that I frequent. What is the name of the new single? Grieve. Ooh, it sounds intense. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's cool. And you also mentioned that you did have a course that you were going to be putting out as well. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that? Yeah, we'll be starting November 1st. So you'll be hearing this, I guess, right as we're starting. And the course is called Admission. And it's all about discovering your life purpose and figuring out what your core message is so that you can express it in a way that is compelling and inspiring and concise. Really appreciate you being here, and I can't wait to hear your new single and to hopefully get to meet you in person one day. Oh, that would be lovely! And thank you again so much for having me and for this lively conversation. Oh, you're welcome. All right, well, you heard it here first, so don't forget to stop and see Tara at her websites and stay in touch. And if you haven't joined us on the Facebook group, come on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash little drummer girl, that's L-I-L drummer girl, and meet some like-minded folks so that we can all group together over there. All right, until the next time, remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams and leave a trailblazing behind you. So rock on and rock out, and I will catch you on the flip side.